Hello and welcome to Podcasters on Purpose. This is Debbie Adea, your host, and today I'm so excited and delighted to share Sarah McArdle with you. Sarah started down the path of podcasting as a child in the 80s while growing up in rural Montana. She, her older sister, and friends would interview one another on a tape recorder for pretend radio shows. Into her 30s in Seattle, Sarah's fascination with the world of radio continued and led her to befriending local DJs and volunteering for listener-supported radio station pledge drives so she could be close to the action. After pursuing a whole-person coaching certification at the age of 39, Sarah's outlet for audio production became clear. It was only a matter of time before she launched her very own podcast as both a means of creative expression and to support her clients. One podcast listening obsession, one coaching certification, and one online podcasting course later, Sarah launched her show, Women Who Went For It, in January of 2018. Part practical, tactical tips for career change, part anecdotes of facing inner demons and outer naysayers. Sarah's bi-weekly podcast features inspiring chats with everyday industry changers who found the clarity, courage, and momentum they needed to step into a deeper vocation and a life of meaning and fulfillment. The guests she interviews share exactly the kinds of stories that would-be career changers need in order to see just how many people have truly gone for it and stepped into their bigger work they were meant to be doing in the world. And they're eternally grateful that they took that risk. Sarah is a beautiful dear friend and uh, she's actually been a podcast student of mine. So I've really loved watching her just completely flourish and have an extraordinary show. So I'm so excited to share with you today. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me, Debbie. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you here. And I just love what you have created. I think it's such a great platform for women in business. And I just love the inspiration that it brings to everyone who's touched by your show. So uh, it sounds like we've got an idea on your journey there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I did the same thing, but I think we used hairbrushes and it was singing, I think. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) I did that too, but that wasn't related to the podcast. That's just Guns and Roses in the living room. (laughs) (laughs) My sister and I used to take little walkie-talkies and we would hide up on the upstairs and the downstairs. There's like a split-level house where my grandma lived and we would do commentary back and forth. I, I don't know if that counts, but... Sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> that was our little fun play. So happy anniversary! You've, you've been celebrating a year of your show, correct? Yes. January 7th was my anniversary. So thank you. That's awesome. How has your journey been for you? Tell us a oh, little fantastic. bit about it. <laughs> I love it. So... For me, I think I really just needed the template. And so I'm going to put it out there. I was one of Debbie's students, as she mentioned in her podcast on purpose course. And for me, just having that step-by-step plan got me off the ground. And it's almost like I needed an excuse to start podcasting. And once I knew what my excuse was for supporting women who are looking to make career change, like those women I work with, I was like, okay, there's my outlet. And what steps do I need to follow to get there? Because I think in my background in graphic design and running AV at events and that kind of thing, I'm really comfortable stepping into new technologies. It's just a matter of getting started and plugging along. Yeah, you've actually been really independently successful, I think, in some of the ways just that you love. It's rare to find a student that loves the sound editing part. <laughs> I love it. 
I know. I love it so much. Can I tell you? I love it as much as the interview, which is so interesting. So I think it's related to a lot of things that I've done in the past with graphic design and with even developing photos in the darkroom. I had the same experience in photography in college that other students were just, you know, they would go out and take their photos and they would be excited and be wanted to send them off and have them produced. And I was like, put me in the darkroom. I love all of this, <laughs> you know, putting things in the different trays and developing them. And I also have done some editing work for writing. And I get really particular about grammar. And I love that too. So I like to really dig into the details and make it just so and I consider it audio design with podcasting. That's beautiful. And you're really gifted at that. I, you know, I think well, obviously we follow our passions, right? Yeah. And, but it's such a great mix for you with your, all of your different backgrounds kind of converge together and even coaching, you know, when we're doing coaching, there's a lot of Socratic method inquiry, right? Where you're asking a yeah. lot of questions. And I found for me that the training that I had for coaching translates so well into interviewing because the questions are so, you know, the the process of asking the questions and guiding the conversation can be very similar. Do you find the same thing for you? Yes. Yes, I do. In fact, sometimes I... (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I ask more open-ended questions than some other podcast hosts I might hear because I notice myself going, oh, no, they've asked somebody a really specific question that's completely unrelated to their expertise instead of letting the person kind of guide the conversation down the route that they want to go, which mm-hmm. is one of the skills that we use in coaching. And so that can be really uncomfortable for a guest when they're being asked questions like, what's your opinion on this thing that's completely unrelated to what you do, but I think it's related. And so, (laughs) you know, I make sure to ask really open-ended questions. And also, when I lead somebody down a path that isn't quite right for them, I think the coaching training helps with, and the coaching practice helps with not taking it personally or not worrying if you didn't get the question quite right. It's like they will shift it just something that lands better for them. Yeah. So on that note, tell me about how global warming is affecting the North. Oh, right. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> then in my head, I'm coming up with different organizations I can send you to I that are experts on that. that. <laughs> how can I be a resource? How can I be a resource? I don't. We do that. It's it's fantastic. I yeah. And. <laughs> So do you find too, I know for me, one of the things that I love about having my show is having the opportunity to get to be in the conversation of something that I love so much and learn even in addition, like all of the other benefits are huge, but just having that opportunity to get to every week, you know, have like a kind of a forced personal development (laughs) in the area that's most important. How have you grown through having your show this first year? Oh, gosh. Well, I love speaking with my guests, and I intentionally interview people who are kind, for the most part, everyday career changers, which is the guests on my show are people who have changed industries. And so rather than experts in that area, I like to interview the everyday folks who've done the work so that people who are listening know that you don't have to be super special or born with certain qualities to be able to make that kind of change. You can do it just as an everyday person. But I learn 
all new ways of framing information. Like people will use metaphors that I've it just sinks in on this deeper level than mm-hmm. any way I've ever tried to explain anything before. And it's also really validating if they start talking about the things that I've been talking about with my clients. And I know to be true and I've studied and I've talked to a lot of people, but every time I hear it again, it's that much more validating. And then I hear new things that I completely never had occurred to me previously and I get to work that in. And so I grow as much from listening to my guests as hopefully the audience does. <laughs> and hopefully my guests in some way grow from being a guest and being asked those questions that they might not normally have the time or the reason to think about. That's fantastic. Yeah. I would imagine it's very inspiring to do the editing for your show too, because I know for me, I edited my own show for a long time. And so I was kind of forced to listen to the episode again without being in the middle of the interview, right? Right. Um, (laughs) Oh, it's so different. (laughs) Right? So what, because a lot of people don't love editing. I'd love it if you could just talk a little bit about what you love about that process to maybe reframe it for some of us that maybe don't enjoy it as much. Yeah, well, I think particularly because I tend to interview folks who aren't as accustomed to public speaking. They really want to know that they are going to be painted in the best light and are really kind of nervous walking into the conversation. So it's really important to me that if they're willing to share their story with the world, that I do my best to make sure that they sound outstanding, not to say that they didn't already, (laughs) but polish it up even that much more and, you know, remove ums or remove maybe a little side story that related less to the topic just to make it everything in the episode be of really high value to the listener and to connect with them deeply so that they can stay tuned in because to ask somebody to commit, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to listening is can be a big ask, particularly if you're not delivering really high quality content and sound. Mm. So I really honor their time and my guests time as well by doing that editing for them. Speaking of time, so that's actually, I actually think editing can be a little bit fun, but I'm a little on that side of it. The thing that's not fun for me is the amount of time that it was taking out of my schedule with all the things that I have to do. Have you found any way to systematize that that makes it more streamlined for you? Uh, (laughs) By systematized, are you thinking about like doing it on a certain day or using tools that accomplish some of that stuff for you or... Any and all of the above. (laughs) Yeah, right. So I would say there's a number of things that I know that I'm going to do every time, which is, you know, remove the ums. And if Mm -hmm. anybody who's a podcaster will know, you can usually look and see where the ums are Mm -hmm. in somebody's vocals in a track and go through and remove those as long as they're not attached to other words, because sometimes we build it right in where we're like, um, and yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It just becomes part of a word, which is a lot harder to remove. So I can look for those up front. I love, I use Audacity and I love the tool called Truncate Silence. Mm. I don't know if you've ever used that. Mm -mm, Have not. But yeah, so one of the things that I find really important is, is keeping the podcast going at a relatively good clip. I think a lot of people and I have seen the stats, but I can't remember what they are, actually speed up podcasts to about 1.2 when they're listening to it or more. And I like to do that from the beginning. So when people are considering their answers, they might pause for a long time. 
and pause more than they normally would in a conversation. So I can go through and highlight a whole track, go through truncate silence with audacity. And if a silence is, say, longer than a half a second, it'll make it shorter by 40% below a certain decibel. And that can cut a few minutes off automatically. So I love tools like that. And as far as calendaring goes, I usually block off, I would say, every other Saturday because I have a biweekly show and work on it then. And that's the way of streamlining my time. That's great. I love that. That's a wonderful tool, too, because I used to do that manually. (laughs) Yeah, it takes so much longer. And when I discovered that, I was like, oh, what do you know? This is amazing. Just so that just works with Audacity or does it work with GarageBand or any other, do you know? It's been so long since I worked with GarageBand that I can't remember and I wasn't to the point of even knowing about Truncate Silence, but I would look it up because it's huge for saving time. That's great. And you kind of have to play around with how much time to remove because you don't want it to go too fast or too slow. So just play around until it sounds right to you. Perfect. That's a great tip. Thank you for sharing that. I remember actually when you had your computer <laughs> it was in the middle of, of doing your of your show and one of your computers completely just kind of decided yes. that it was done. And what's that like? You know, I know sometimes when we're having, we have our show and then technology does like a flip. How did you handle that? Oh, yes. So I was about to interview somebody else, Leanne Cabot, who has also done the podcast on purpose course. So even though I know, I know, (laughs) even though I had not met her in person, I felt a little bit more comfortable because she was in my circle, so to say. And so what happened was I restarted my computer right before we were supposed to meet up online. And it was like the screen of death. It just never came back. (laughs) So I was like, what's going on? Is it updating? What's happening? And this is a Mac. And uh, I just texted her and said, gosh, I don't know what's going on. And then after, you know, 40 minutes, I said, I'm going to have to reschedule this. And luckily, she was completely understanding going through her own process of getting her podcast up and running and knowing the glitches and then took it in. And they just said, your computer is dead. Let's pull that hard drive out of there and put it in a box and you can take it home and plug it into a different computer and use it like an external hard drive. But she was very gracious in rescheduling. And she's a mom, which is Mm -hmm. what the focus of her podcast and a lot of her work is. So just knowing she had all of those different things that she was juggling and still willing to rejuggle and make it work was so great. And I'm really grateful for that. And so you switched from the Mac to the PC too, right? Didn't you get a yeah. PC? Yeah. So- well, I already had a PC. Okay. So I just stopped using the Mac. And right now I'm using the PC that I had. And how is that transition for you? I know a lot of people are usually either Mac tribe or PC tribe. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. So some of the work that I do is graphic design and it's in an office that has a PC. And I've always been a Mac girl. And so I'm comfortable using either one of them, but being on a deadline, I had to install Audacity, which I didn't have on my Mac. I was using GarageBand. I had to use, luckily, Skype added in the ability to break out into two separate tracks for the host and the guest at that point. So I was able to add in, did I say Skype? I meant Zoom. Zoom, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so Zoom was my go-to at that point, whereas I had been using... Oh, gosh. Was I using I think Ecamm with Skype. Yeah, Ecamm with Skype is what I was using. So 
within a week's time, I had to learn all new podcasting software, which was, <laughs> it was like, a, for me, it felt like this creative challenge that was a little scary, but a little exciting, to be honest. <laughs> but I love Audacity. It's not the most beautiful interface, but because I have a microphone that I enjoy at this point, I'm doing less editing of the sound quality and more just cutting out pieces of the conversation. And that's super easy on Audacity. So actually, for now, I like it better than GarageBand. (laughs) 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 Gonna go ahead and admit that. (laughs) Admit it. Admit it. Yeah. No, it's true. Well, and I think we, once we get used to a tool too, like I think we're just way faster in it. Yes. Right? So, so much so. Yeah. And, but that's interesting to have to do that kind of midstream in your podcast to switch <laughs> yes. one platform to the next, right? Yes. And even recently, I had a situation where I did all of the audio testing, came through just right. I think I must have bumped the microphone out of the jack in the computer. So I was no longer plugged in when I did the actual recorded interview. And when I asked my guest how I sounded, she said, oh, you sound great. But I sounded terrible because I was just out loud in the room. So Mm -hmm. I had to go back and I literally listened to myself talking and re-recorded all over again, which is actually not the first time I've done that. So I had to fake my inflection. How about go through my old episodes and see if you can guess which one. (laughs) That'll be a game. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. The things we do. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The things we do for the love of podcasting. It's so true. And and it's it's great. And I actually recommend Zoom for everybody, which I think Mm -hmm. would make that transition easier. But Bless you for doing that. <laughs> I was relieved the, at the way it came out, but mm. some of those laughs, because I laugh a lot on my podcast, I had to do the same inflection and the laugh. And it was, <laughs> that would like, be hard. Yes, don't let this sound artificial. But I was doing it in Audacity, and you can see the shape of the laugh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can duplicate this shape now that I know what it looks like. <laughs> You're like, someone come tickle me because I got to laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So tell me, what has been one of your favorite interviews that you've had on the show? Oh, man, it's hard to say I have a favorite, but I would say I really do. And it's the most listened to episode that I have as well. And that is Michelle Knoll. And she is someone who went from international marketing for Disney and became first an airline pilot and also a private pilot and is now a corporate pilot. And she did that, I want to say, in her late 30s. So she was much older than other people in her flight programs. But to hear the story of her life and the courage she had to make all those shifts along the way, I found myself tearing up every time I've Listen, I've probably listened to that thing four times on my own because I love to hear her tell her story. And I get teary listening when she was talking about learning how to navigate by the stars. And when she was talking about, you know, she moved down after Katrina to New Orleans and she started rescuing animals after the hurricane and just was given a crowbar and went in and rescued them and just the story of her life and the courage that she had every step along the way is amazing to me. And she was fantastic to talk to in general. We stayed after a little while and talked and that was really fun. 
Isn't that great? Yeah. I love it when you have guests that inspire you to tears, like that, then they move you. You know, I had, I had, um, Dr. John Martini on my other show, The Spiritual Entrepreneur, and he was saying that when you, I don't know if it was actually in the show or in the green room or when I heard this, but he was saying to pay attention to what moves you to tears because it's a part of your purpose. So, yes. so I think to the inspiration of that, you know, obviously is a part of who you're meant to be in the world, right? Mm, when it moves I you. I love that. When it moves you to tears. Mm, love it. So tell me what are some, since you kind of have some cool little hacks because you love some of the techie stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of your favorite tools? Do you have other little tools like Truncate Silence that you would recommend that someone maybe check out for their show for either editing or for managing any aspect of the show? Mm, I would say for me, it's funny. I like to be really prepared when I am a guest on other shows. And so even though I don't ask the same questions every time of my guests, it's really important to me to provide them with a thorough list of tech setup and potential questions or the areas that we might focus on in our conversation And I notice when my guests receive that, they've told me that my notes and preparation was potentially the most thorough that they've ever received. And that gave them a huge sense of relief, which I feel really proud of. And it's it's a balance, right? Making sure that you don't overwhelm them with all of those details, but really say this is just kind of a guiding, guiding set of guidelines, I guess, rather than rules. And... We're going to deviate from that, but this is so that you feel comfortable and prepared walking into the conversation and feel like you have what you need to be successful. I love that. I think that's great. And is that an email you send or is that an uh, like a web page that you've created or... That is when they sign up on my form, which I use, you can book me to book Mm -hmm. my guests and it sends them an automatic email when they book. And then it sends them a reminder with much fewer details, but still some of the key ones like the zoom link and all that the day before. So right away they get that long one. And then the day before they get a reminder with a message that says, and if you want to look back at the old email for more details, remember it was sent the day you booked. And what kind of things do you usually include in that email for them? Like just out of curiosity, because I do, I use Acuity. I do something similar, but yeah, if it's super detailed, I'm wondering what, (laughs) (laughs) is it headset? Is it, what is it, what's in there? Oh yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the things that we learned in the podcast on purpose course, to be (laughs) honest. So you know them, but it is use a headset and I still find depending on somebody's personality type that they don't always... (laughs) (laughs) follow that advice. You know, they might say, I think I sound fine without a headset. But the the struggle is that you can usually hear them twice Mm -hmm. if they don't have a headset or actually you hear yourself twice Mm -hmm. because you hear yourself talk once and then through their computer on the other side again. It's like an echo. So that can be challenging. So it talks about the headset. It talks about There's a list of maybe 10 potential questions that I could ask. It talks about getting a glass of water, a quiet room, shutting off the notifications on their phone and computer. A lot of people will leave their email open while they're doing the interview and it'll it'll chime a lot. So, and then tying their hair up, if they have long hair, taking off their jingly earrings, (laughs) all the things. And it's just little tiny things, but it helps people feel more prepared. 
It's so true. Yeah, I really find the same thing. I will say it's pretty funny. I've actually, I had a guest on one time and I was like, okay, can you make sure that your phone's turned off or, you know, at least like on airplane mode isn't going to go off. And he's like, okay, wait. And it was like one phone, eight phones <laughs> later. I'm like, oh my God. I think phones. I might have heard you mention that before. And then to remember to turn them all back on. I know. Gosh, it's like, it's work. I mean, there is some prep that goes into doing an interview when you have eight phones. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. Oh my God. Anyway, so what would you say are some of the greatest benefits that you've received from having your show for the year? Well, for me, I mean, it helps get me out there more, not just in terms of my own show, but I get invited to participate on other people's shows or maybe mm. speak to it in person. And like you said, in the podcast on purpose course, you get positioned as sort of an expert from the beginning, because not everybody has a podcast, not everybody's willing to do that. And they're usually willing to sit and listen to you for maybe 45 minutes. And so it gets us a lot of credibility, I mm. think, not mm -hmm. to say that we aren't credible to begin with, but for whatever reason, it just adds that extra layer of credibility which has been really important to me. And then it leads to a lot of really cool conversations with people that I may not have otherwise spoken with who also have an interest in podcasting. And then if you talk to them, it turns out that they know some people you might want to know and vice versa. So it's like a conversation opener. And then if you can meet somebody briefly and they listen to your podcast, they might be more, more willing to reach out and reconnect with you beyond that. So it's definitely a relationship builder, I would say. Perfect. Yeah, I've, I've experienced all those same things as well. Oh, and then also, if you have somebody <laughs> on your show that you haven't met yet, you have people to visit <laughs> when you travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't done that yet, but I, have I done that? Let me think about that. Yes, I know that you have because I have done that. <laughs> yeah, people have come to San Diego and had lunch with you. I know that. That is true. That is true. I've actually had people fly out just to meet up, which is mm, kind of cool. Um, yeah, see? Yep, that's true. That is true. Interesting. So I didn't, it's just a benefit I didn't even think I had. <laughs> Thanks for pointing it out. It's a natural networker. <laughs> it really is. I actually find that it definitely has you be one of the more connected people in your life because mm -hmm. you are just constantly connecting with extraordinary people, especially, you know, ones in, in your area of interest too, which I love. Yes, absolutely. So where do you see yourself taking the show as you move forward? Do you have any kind of like vision of like, is there an ideal guest you'd love to have on? If someone knew them that was listening in today that could make an introduction for you? Or is there <laughs> a particular I would say, <laughs> well, not to say that she's completely shifted industries, but her focus has shifted a lot. Brene Brown. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So Who Brene, knows Brene if you're Brown. listening in yes. or if you know Brene. <laughs> And actually, I would love to interview Gretchen Rubin from the Happier podcast at some point because I know that she was going down the track of becoming a lawyer and then left that. And now she's doing all of her work with with writing and she's an author and she's a podcaster, focuses on the four tendencies, which I absolutely love and can so support people who are looking to make change in their lives, determine how they respond to internal and external expectations. So there's that. But as far as where I want the show to go, 
I am starting to incorporate more Sarah solo shows, which is exciting Mm. because that gives me an opportunity to do some teaching and also develop some of my content for the other things that I'm doing because it's kind of my home base is podcasting. So I find that rather than, you know, I'm just going to launch this new online course, I can begin to write the content as part of a podcast episode where I'm most comfortable and then look at that. I already have a lot of the stuff that I want to put into the course. So now I can just build upon that. And it's less daunting that way. So I'm going to incorporate more Sarah solo shows for sure. Brilliant. I love that because there's people want more of you, Sarah. I'm just saying. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So yeah. And it's a great test ground, right? Too, for your content. Yes. what lands and what doesn't. I think that's Yeah, because people do respond and they share what landed for them and what, you know, if something, if somebody never brings it up, I don't think as much about it, but I will definitely get feedback on the episodes for my listeners about what they're going to implement when they hear that stuff. You know, like I, I had an episode on making time for yourself recently, and I had people reaching out telling me that ways that they were going to reorganize their time to make sure they were building in time for themselves. That's awesome. It's so great when we get feedback too from people that listen to this show, especially when it's really positive. (laughs) Yes. When people tell me that they changed, yeah, yeah, they changed careers into something that is more fulfilling for them. I'm like, yes, (laughs) that's the goal. That is the goal. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing better than, than actually getting, because a lot of podcasting, we don't always hear back, right? We do some feedback, but when you land on the feedback from someone who's really been transformed by their show and the work that you're doing, there's nothing more fulfilling. I think your heart just like explodes open. Yes. Yeah. It's really interesting putting it out there and not knowing who's listening and then finding out later, you know, somebody halfway across the world is listening or maybe even a friend who just never mentioned that they were listening for the last year and a half. It's so funny. I know they'll be like, Oh yeah. With that episode. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> when you were talking about exactly exactly right? or uh i think i was like seven in tasmania for a while and, like, <laughs> and i was in china like and it was crazy like i was looking at these different places and uh somewhere it was sweden or i don't know if it was norway it might have been norway i don't remember exactly but one of them too i was in like their top 10 or whatever at one point it's just funny you're like really how did that happen you know what, mine is what, malta are- Malta. So yeah, Malta. <laughs> so if you live in Malta, reach out and tell me how you found my podcast. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's what I should do. Yeah, let me know. Because <laughs> you gotta, you gotta wonder how it gets. I mean, obviously it's going to be searched organically, but you know, you gotta wonder too if there's someone who shared it that's in another country you don't even know. I know. I had taken the business of music with a professor uh, at one point, and he was saying that he had all this jazz that he had been playing and he didn't know that he was actually a hit in Japan, like (laughs) Japan. Like, so now he does gigs in Japan, but evidently like his music was like a big deal in Japan. (laughs) It sounds like a movie. I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm a big deal in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, because I guess his systems weren't set up where he actually was even receiving royalties from it. Like he had to fix whatever he had. Wow. but it's interesting because you never know how you get there, like who right. played it or what happened that that it shows up. So it's really, it's fascinating magic, you know, magic of podcasting. So, 
Oh, I have another glitchy thing to share if anybody isn't. Yeah. So at one point I noticed, oh, I never submitted myself to Spotify. I'm not sure how that happened. Oh, really? (laughs) Once I did, I want to say my listenership went up by like at least 30%. Or something. Oh my gosh. Make sure you're submitting yourself to all the channels that require submissions. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And Spotify is actually a destination in Libsyn now. If you're in Libsyn, you can easily just pop that in. It'll. It's one of the fastest ones to get approved too through Libsyn. That I oh, it was it's almost just, immediate. Yeah. yeah, it's like within ten minutes you're usually on Spotify, which is great. Yay! Well, we love that you got a thirty percent bump. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wish that would have happened sooner, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Sarah, I just I love talking to you. I could talk to you all day, and I know you probably have things to do. So, if you could leave the podcaster or the soon-to-be podcaster, if they're considering it, with one piece of advice on the journey of podcasting, what would you say? Well, I would love to speak to the people who are on the cusp of making that change like I usually do, which is if you're considering podcasting and you haven't stepped into it yet, you know, Debbie has not asked me to do this, but I would say find yourself a course like Podcast on Purpose and follow along and get a community of other podcasters who are also doing this, who might be in a similar place as you, so that you know what needs to be done in what steps. You have advice about what kind of microphone to get, what kind of headset to get, all of the platforms and the software programs and all the things. And then with Podcast on Purpose, you have an automatic community of other people who are working on it. But there's also some other Facebook groups like She Podcasts or Podcast Movement, where you can go in there, get feedback from other people, hear what other people are doing who are in a similar place or farther ahead than you, get ideas and feel like you're doing the right thing. And it's motivating. So connect with other people and and do an online course or get plugged in that way. Thank you for saying that, Sarah. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> You're quite and that's welcome. Podcastonpurpose.com. <laughs> no, right. Seriously. I'm just, I'm just, I am a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, podcasting is so much better when you do it together. Like there's nothing yes. It's uh, so much more of a fun journey to have other people that are podcasters in your life. Obviously, one of the reasons why this show exists is to be in that conversation together. So So thank you for that. And if the listener would like to get more of you and your show and your beautiful work in the world, where would they go? Yes. So you can find the podcast at womenwhowentforit.com. You can look up Women Who Went For It on your favorite podcast app to listen. You can find me at Sarah McArdle Coaching on Instagram or also on Facebook. And on Instagram, there's dots between those. And I'm sure Debbie will include that in the show notes. So I don't mm-hmm. have to spell out I the will. whole thing. But I'm <laughs> yes. all over the place. So if you search between Women Who Went For It and Sarah McArdle Coaching, you will find me. Absolutely. All right. Well, that has been such a great time just to share with you your your podiversary year journey. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Thank you. you, Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your awesome energy, your beautiful work, your show, your just your gifts, and and I just love every conversation we have together. So Mm, thanks for being here. Me too. Thank you, Debbie. Really appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. If you're new or returning to the show and have not yet subscribed, please subscribe to receive the latest episodes as they're released. And if you love what you heard today, we'd love a great review too.
Thanks so much for listening in. We'll see you next time on Podcasters on Purpose. Hey there, have you ever thought about creating your own podcast? If so, I'd love to support you with giving you a free guide on how you can create your studio and set up for your podcast. If you'd be interested in learning more about the microphone that I use, the headset that I use, the software that I use (laughs) to do these shows, I'd love to share that with you. You can go on over to podcastingonpurpose.com.